Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So here we are chugging along 2022, and now we're in the month of August, and the theme for August is ease. Ease. So let me tell you what that means. I love looking this stuff up because I, when I think I know what it means, I'm always surprised. So ease means freedom from labor, pain, or physical annoyance, a tranquil rest or comfort, freedom from concern, anxiety, difficulty, effort, constraint, a quiet state of mind. Ease. And when I was traveling this last year in in Italy, we met a man, Salvatore, who when he first met me, I was anxious because of a a train snafu. And he kept saying to me, tranquille, Suzanne, Suzanne, tranquille, you will be tranquille. Kind of said it like that. So ease, where in your life do you find ease? A tranquil tranquil rest, a quiet state of mind where you feel free from anxiety and stressors. Ask yourself that question. And the guests that we have coming up this month, I think you're going to find some easy answers. (laughs) Okay. I just had to throw that in there. Enjoy the show. So I'm, I'm going to be speaking to a woman who I, I, I absolutely adore and admire. Um, we've had conversations before this and it, they've been juicy and fulfilling for me at least. So, um, but this woman has a story of moving from through divorce into her own personal empowerment. And, and she's going to share with us how she did that. She's a fellow podcaster. Her show is called Unbreakable Spirit. I want to w- welcome Jennifer Seven. Jennifer, oh. thanks for being here. Thank you, Susan. I'm very excited to be here. And it's so nice to see you again. I, I'm so excited to have you have this conversation, you know, because Jennifer's a fellow meditator. She does her own guided meditations. She leads groups and, and does some really uh, powerful work with people. So Jennifer, Let's start with your story. How how you I would like to know were you disem, were you disempowered or were you always kind of not feeling empowered or that kind of thing? Well, that's a really good question and have to go back in time. It probably goes back to my childhood where I grew up with a very dominant controlling father, a mother who was doing the best she could, but compared to him, she, she was the weaker of the two. And she really didn't have any of her own power in the marriage. And so that's what I was modeled with uh, growing up. And I was, 
rebellious. It was, it didn't sit well with me to be so controlled. It's very controlling, but I think I've spent my whole life trying to work, work through that, especially that relationship with my father. But I was very anxious to leave home, to go to college, to get out from under his thumb. But he, he managed even as an adult to really keep, uh, keep, and he did this with my siblings as well, just to keep his thumb, keep us under his thumb pretty, pretty tight. But I was determined to be independent. I was going to stand on my own two feet and be independent. And so I went off to college and started my career, actually, which was in telecom, <laughs> quite wow. different from now, uh, and, and was making my own money, living on my own. Now I did end up living close to my parents and you know, when I look back now, there were lots of little things to keep me really under, under his control, even though I thought I was so independent, like he, yep. he purchased the condo that I lived in my first condo, which I ultimately bought from him. But there were a lot of things like that going along. So I found my husband, we had this exciting long distance relationship and, and we married. And at the time I, we were thinking about children and, and I was like, well, I'm not going to stay home. I'm never going to be my mother. I will not be my mother. I am not going to be the person. <laughs> yes. I, I, I swear you, this was me. I, yes. I was never going to be my mother. And then you become your mother. Um, yeah. So because she never had her own money, she didn't work any, she did a little substitute teaching any money that she did have was not allowed to be hers. Wow. So there was so much of that control. And so I was like, that's not going to be me. I will make my own money. So we, we decided to have children and I was working, but then I had fertility issues and it was very difficult to become pregnant. I finally did become pregnant with, with a baby that I was able to carry to term. And that changed for me that desire to be working. I wanted to be home. I wanted to be 100% with that baby. So I think that was the beginning of losing my power, my personal power. Mm-hmm. So I, I stayed home and I was going to be that good mom and and I ended up having three children but all along that time I I didn't work I was home with the kids my husband was doing all the work and he was traveling and although very entrepreneurial at heart so I did dabble in some things because I always felt like I needed something of my own I I got involved with uh, it was called creative memories at the time it was a scrapbooking oh, yeah. direct sales yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was really good at it I was really good at it I grew a big team but it was something I could do with the children and around the children and, and do it as I chose. But what was happening was because my has my ex-husband was really the, the primary uh, moneymaker. He was the one bringing all the money into the family. It, that changes the dynamic. It really it did for us anyway. <laughs> you know? I got to tell you, it's, uh, it, my story is, is kind of similar. Mm-hmm. too, you know, and, and I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't, I really don't mean to be dissing men, but there is something about, cause my ex-husband didn't hold jobs well. Mm-hmm. And so I had to work really hard, but the minute he started making money, he was top dog, you know? And, and I'm like, how, how is this different? This isn't, 
it's all our money. Why is yes. it all of a sudden now your money? Yes. And then because you're, you're out with the day job and I'm home, of course, then there's that, uh, those household responsibilities that don't get shared. <laughs> it's always uh, the woman's job to do all of those things. But, and, and it was interesting because he had a lot of trouble keep staying with jobs. Uh, the grass was always greener on the other side yeah. for him. And that created lots of financial turmoil for mm-hmm. us. Uh, uh, the other thing that I did is, is I didn't handle, I just didn't handle the finances. When we first got married, we each had our own checking account. And then when I stopped working to have the baby, that just seemed to, I don't even remember when it just seemed like it all just kind of evaporated. And we had one account. Now he was really terrible with money. <laughs> I swear this. you're telling my story. I cannot believe it. Go ahead. He loved to spend it. <laughs> uh, he made decent money, but he loved to spend it. So I was always the one, because if I go back to my father, my father was really good with money, but he was also very, very tight with money. Very, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was really, hmm, we, if we turned the heat on at night, we had to pay part of the electric bill. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. I am not kidding. I uh, am very controlling with money. So I think par- perhaps part of my attraction to my husband was that he had this beautiful, uh, well, he had this good job. He was nice looking. He was charismatic. We talked about people like that. And from the outside, it looked like he was this really successful person. But as we got into the marriage more, there were so many red flags, as, as we know, right, later right. in life right. <laughs> that we missed. Uh, I think one big red flag was the fact that he had used all his credit cards, he, he was investing in properties, but at the time you could pay the down payment on a credit card. So he'd get a credit card and that there would be no payments for X amount of time by the condo and then max the card and then lock them in the toolbox and put it in the trunk. And I, I, I <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I guess I thought that was funny at the time. <laughs> uh, but the, the first year of our marriage, we, we worked very hard under my guidance to, to knock down those carts. So that just gives you a little example of what, what was going on, but we ended up, he lost his job in, we were living in California. Then we moved to Arizona. And so over the years, there were many jobs and they were never, it was never his fault that the jobs ended. Never their fault. <laughs> never. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> but I think along the way, when I had the children, that's when I, I gave up more like, you know, he handled all of the taxes. He handled, he handled the, the money in that way. We also would talk about, because I grew up with this father who was very budget minded. My ex-husband was not at all budget-minded. It was whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And I would try so hard. I'm like, Let, let's do a budget. Well, our idea, his idea of a budget was we, had, we would use Quicken, put everything in it, allocate it to categories, but it was always looking at it after the fact. Yeah. And, and yeah. then it was, it was, well, I needed that. I needed that. I need it. And then I thought, if I hear I needed that one more time, I was going to scream. So, because you don't need everything, but it was impossible to get control of the finances. And I think part of me was overwhelmed with the kids and just starting to relinquish that. And so that went on. We were married 25 years and he was very, very, very smart person, very smart, but not always 
in the right way, smart. Mm-hmm. Um, so because our finances were always tumultuous and I did have my little side hustle and I would bring in a little bit of money and part of doing the taxes would be writing off everything for the business against the taxes. So I, I didn't handle any of that. That was, I just abdicated all of that. And I think along the way, I just started to lose my confidence. I wasn't working out in the corporate world. I was running around trying to be a good mom with the kids. And he was a steamroller. I used to say that to my mom. I'd be like, it's just like you can't get it. If you get in front of it, you get flattened. Right. So I just, you start to give up. You start to go around instead of trying to to, to be in front of the steamroller all the time and just try to, to maneuver around it. And oh, I think it was around in 2004, I started, started a little business. Uh, it was for corporate wellness where I would uh, organize health fairs for companies. And I was very good at that, very good at event planning type of thing. And I would I'd round up health and wellness practitioners. They would come into the company and we'd have these little events. And that was fun for me. The kids were a little bit older, but the money that I would make, I never took a salary. I never had any money of my own. It all just kind of went into the, the family money. And then I would be seeing this person I was married to spending it. And I was uh, the opposite. I would deprive myself constantly because I was like, well, gosh, if that's going on over there, somebody's got to. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. I'm raising my hand. It's like, how, how I remember there was a birthday I had and my husband had been out of work for seven months. I don't know. And I was working two jobs and I was in a a show. I was, had the lead in a a play and he takes me out. He takes me out to dinner. Right. And gives me this amazing gift of a leather jacket. And I'm like, how, how did you pay for this? Because we don't have this kind of money to pay for that. He goes, Oh, I just put it on the Macy's card. Oh, that boy. is meaning I'm going to be paying for my own birthday. Oh. Gift, <laughs> right. Cause I'm the one that had was making the money at the time. It, hmm. Yep. I'm raising my hand. Yes. I get that. I get that. And, and things would appear in the house overnight <laughs> that, and I wake up in the morning and I'd be like, well, what is that little mini bar refrigerator doing in the living room? Oh, well, we needed it. And I'm like, I don't think we need that. And then we'd have these huge fights. And he's like, well, I could always take it back. And I'd be like, well, okay, never mind. It's already here. So I would just give up. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that was going on is it was, I have three children. One of my children is, uh, he's, he has had a lot of issues growing up and, and took a lot of extra attention in the mental health arena. and. I found myself pretty much alone in that, trying to manage him. So I think all of what I'm trying to say, I think is, that's why I think maybe my eye was off of some of the other things because I was, how how could you pay paying attention to everything, especially if you're getting, would you say steamrolled bulldozed? (laughs) It sounds like, you know, flattened, (laughs) right. And then, and then the sneaky component goes around behind your back. It's like, where, I don't know how. Where did you feel safe, Jennifer? Did you feel safe? I don't think I felt safe. And I also didn't feel like I could really confide in my parents. Maybe my mom a little, 
my dad was very judgmental and and being the one who's so good with money, he's looking at the ex who's spending money, like there's no tomorrow. And so there were, and, and that I was trying to protect my ex from them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I look back and I think, wow, I think I was really feeling very alone during all of that and helpless, not knowing what I could do about it. I hadn't been literally, I was doing this little, uh, corporate wellness business, which was giving me a little bit of confidence, but the idea of having to go out into the world with the three kids and try to make it, I, I just didn't know how that was possible. I really had lost my confidence. So he's managing the taxes. I'm running this little business and I'm not getting any money out of it for myself, which was a mistake. Right. If I'd had a little bit of a salary or a draw or something, I think I would have felt more empowered. So I was constantly trying to be the responsible one, depriving myself angry, really angry. I think our, our marriage was very volatile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I would talk to my sister about it and I would complain a lot. And I, I remember one day her saying to me, what, what are you going to do? about this. And I was just like, I have no idea, no idea. And that there were a couple of, of moments I look back on during that marriage thinking, wow, those were pivotal. And I, I didn't leave at that time. I stayed, I, I say I stayed 10 years too long. <laughs> I stayed 28 years too long. Yes. Hey, <laughs> you know, and, and I hear what you're saying about there's moments where, okay, I, there's the door I can go now, except that we, we choose not to. And, and I would imagine for me, it's because I had a son and I, I intuitively knew if I left, divorced him when my son was a baby, the the man would have terrorized me Mm -hmm. and my son, not because he really wanted my son for his son, but because it was another way to emotionally traumatize me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And and the other piece of it was we had built this beautiful home on 11 acres and I was so attached to that house Mm -hmm. and my son that was having problems, but I'll just give you an example of, of the kinds of things that would happen. So my son had to, we had to put him, he and my ex-husband did not get along at all. There was a lot of rage and a lot of, it was just very, it, it was just something. So we decided when he was uh, a freshman to, to send him to a school out of state. It was kind of a special school. And I was very traumatized to send my son away. So, but I had to get up in the middle of the night. My sister went with me. We drove, we put him in the car at like two in the morning, didn't tell my son where we were taking. And we just said, we're going to visit this school. My ex could not go with us because we knew that would be really bad between the two of them. So I get him to the school. I leave him. I'm heartbroken. He's like, please, mom, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. And I'm like, I I have to, this is going to be the right thing for you. As we're driving back through the mountains, uh, North Carolina, and my phone stops working. And I'm like, why is my phone not working? This is so weird. So I was able to get a hold of my ex through my sister's phone. And my ex is like, oh, Oh, I didn't realize that was going to happen. I switched cell plans because he wanted a new phone. And so he would do this every couple of years. He'd change providers because he'd get a free phone or it was back when they were doing all those deals. Right, right, right. So it totally cut off my service. 
And I was so, so upset because now the school can't call me. My son can't call me. No one can call me. And at the time, I believed it was, oh, oops, oops. But no, it wasn't. I don't think now when I look back, I think it was very much a way to keep me out of contact with my son and the school because maybe he was afraid I would go back and get him because he didn't want him to come home at all. Wow. So that was really, but he's like, oh, but I'll have a new iPhone for you when you get home. And I was like, I don't want an iPhone. I want my own phone. I want the phone. Already. And that was, it was, that was so huge to me because I felt so betrayed and betrayed. so just the rug pulled right out from under me. And that was one thing I, I took a little bit of power back in that moment because when I got home, I, I just, I just couldn't even stand him. I said, you can keep whatever you want. I'm switching back to Verizon. I'm getting my phone back. I'm putting my business in or my phone in my business name now, and you can just stay out of it. You do whatever you want to do, but I'm this one little thing is going to be mine. Good for you. <laughs> so that was one small step. And I, I, there was some kind of awakening that happened in me. And I, I, I remember it was near, I think my 54th birthday, I was standing outside in this beautiful woods. And I, I was like, is this it? Is this my life? You know, I don't feel like I have any love. There's no happiness. There's no joy. Yes, I'm in this beautiful place, but I'm dying inside. And I just thought, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. And and thinking, yeah, I'm only 54. I still got some good years in me. Can I get out of here? Can I find something different? Can I find love and joy and happiness? So I had met a woman who really helped me come to the conclusion that I was ready to leave. Well, what a, one thing I did along the way is I, I, I had been in so much therapy with my son and the family and, oh goodness, it was where he, my ex wouldn't show up or he'd show up late for therapy. So I, I always felt like I was the only one standing in the room <laughs> with the therapy. God. And, yeah. Yeah. Wait, when my, my son came home from that school, he was, he had some PTSD from going away. And so we were able to get in-home therapy for the family and it would often end up just being he and I, and, and he, my son didn't even really want it. He, he was very depressed. So he'd go to in the bed and we couldn't get him out. And then my ex wouldn't show up. And so I remember the therapist actually firing me. She was like, I'm sorry. We, this, I, it's not working. And if they're not willing to show up, we can't accomplish anything. And I remember I was just so devastated. I guess I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix this. I just mm -hmm. was lost. And I, I couldn't even believe it. I was like, oh, no, now the therapist has failed. <laughs> you know, it was really, really tough. But I decided to go into therapy for myself finally. And I didn't know what I wanted out of it, except I wanted to work on me. And that really helped. It took time, but I began to see things more clearly, regain some of my confidence, regain a little bit of perspective, trying to figure out why am I still here? Why am I still here? Why am I still here? Why, you, why are you still here in the marriage? Yes. In the marriage. Not, yes. in, not still alive. No, 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 no. I, I've never had that. Uh, desire to, to leave the planet. <laughs> you know, it was more of like, why am I still in this marriage? Uh, and so we worked a lot on that. And then I met this other woman who she's a, 
she's a happiness coach and she was also a divorce coach. So I said, man, I'm going to, I'm just going to go talk to you. And I didn't go to her to say that I wanted to get divorced. I wanted to just go and work with her and just sort some things out. And she gave me a lot of good homework assignments and projects and things. And as I was moving more into that, yes, I think I want to get out of this. She would give me homework assignments. Like, why don't you have a consultation with a divorce attorney? Doesn't mean you're getting divorced. Just go and have a chat. And, and that I was so scared. I don't know why I was so scared when I went and I had that call. So, and I, I started looking at apartments. I hadn't decided I was leaving, but just going around, seeing what was out there. I finally, uh, made the decision to really lay it all out for my dad. My dad had really wanted me to get out of the marriage for a long time. And I went in, I I just laid it out. I was like, yeah, I think I'm ready. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I'll take care of you. I'll make sure you have a place to live. You know, no worries. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, I think maybe I might be able to do it if he's going to give me the financial backing because our finances were a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. So I laid it all out. And then that was a whole other dynamic because what happened was suddenly he, he was in control of me again and he was going to fix me. And part of that was to really have me under his thumb. He wanted to review all finances, all tax returns. Uh, he, he wanted access, online access to my bank accounts. And, and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, <laughs> I didn't leave or I'm not leaving this for this. So I, when I finally made the decision, yes, I'm going to go. And I really didn't know how I was going to tell him my ex, because I was, I was scared to tell him because deep down inside, I think, you know, yes, you no, know, I yes. knew it wasn't going to be pretty. <laughs> it wasn't going to be pretty. So I, 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 the way I did it, and I, I can't say I'm proud of how I did it, but I didn't know any other way. When I went to the divorce attorney, he's like, there's three ways you can leave. One is you can tell him. And the second way is you can, uh, schedule, um, schedule, you know, he comes home and you're gone and everything's gone that you wanted. Or the third way is I can write a letter for you saying that in my opinion, you should be separating and blah, blah, blah. So I took the third way, the letter. So I had this letter (laughs) carried around with me, like, how am I going to give him this letter? And uh, what I ended up doing was I I didn't want to tell him ahead of time because I just, I didn't want to talk about it. Once I had made up my mind, I was done. Right. I just was done. And I, there was nothing to discuss. I didn't want him trying to talk me out of it. I didn't want to stay around him once I had made up my mind. So I didn't tell him until <laughs> that one morning. I was like the night before I said, Hey, you know, I really need to talk to you in the morning. Can we, can we have, you know, like an early morning talk before you go off on your day? And he's like, Oh no, I have business meeting. I have to be out the door at like 7am. And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> I had everything planned, Susan. I had the movers coming that morning. I had already gotten my apartment. I was, that was moving day. And I was like, oh, I need to tell <laughs> So that morning I said, well, I just need a few minutes of your time before you go on your business meeting. And uh, honestly, I, he, he was pretty shocked, but he went, even though I told him and gave him the letter, he, he left for his business meeting anyway, which I'm actually really glad that he didn't stick around because, you know, the, the movers are waiting at the bottom of the driveway. Uh, but I had my sister coming to get my youngest to take, I, I didn't tell my kids either because I didn't want to burden them mm-hmm. ahead of time because mm-hmm. I didn't want him to be like, well, why, 
you kids, if you knew, why didn't you tell me? I, I right. didn't want to put them in the middle of that. So, and I didn't have any, I didn't have any courage. I was, I was scared. So I, I look back on that. I was like, wow, that was kind of mean. But at the time it was all, it was the only way I could do it. It just really was the only way I could do it. So Jennifer, I just have to acknowledge and affirm to you that, I mean, you just said I, you didn't have any courage and, and, and it was mean, but I'm telling you that is courage. That action is courage. Having had gone through it myself. And then I've been working with women that have had to do that. It, it, it is courage. And we don't know where, when we come to those pivotal choice points, we don't know where that courage is until we actually make the choice Mm. and then decide that I'm making this choice and I have to take action. So I, I really want to acknowledge you for having the courage to finally make the choice. And for many women, we stay in unhappy marriages because because our self-esteem is non-existent because we've been disempowered and, mm-hmm. and, 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 or like, it sounds like in your case, you, you weren't raised to stand in empowerment. Right. Right. And so, so when we don't even know what it is, we don't have, right. We, I, I didn't know I didn't have self-esteem when I got married. I, I didn't know now looking back, I'm like, oh Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I, I watch myself when I start to slide into the, I'm not good enough modality, which still circles back. Mm -hmm. Um, I recognize now that that is what I was taught and it's not the truth Mm -hmm. of my being. Right. Not our authentic truth. It's not our authentic truth. And, 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 and yeah, we can say our parents were doing the best they could. Uh, okay. Right. (laughs) And then as parents, we're doing the best we could, you know? So anyway, I just wanted to say that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Cause it was pretty traumatic. Uh, just to back up a little bit, I had, I was doing the corporate wellness and I had made a shift into opening a weight loss center before I decided I wanted to leave. So I was doing that. And, and again, though, I wasn't, in charge of the finances of my own business. Mm-hmm. And they were a mess. They were a mess because he was very good at charging anything and everything against the business for the tax benefits or for his own benefit or whatever. And so the business looked, looked like it was just bleeding. And it, it was because he put everything he possibly could against the business. And I'm like, I don't know if you're handling the taxes. Again, I was not taking a salary at all or a draw. Wow. So, but I did have a good little business going, you know, it was, it was a good business, this weight loss business. And I liked it a lot. I loved it actually, but still not having that confidence to feel like I could actually earn money because I wasn't handling any of the money. And it looked so bad (laughs) because it was, it was getting abused. The, the finances were getting abused. So that's, you know, I left and my father was supposed to be my safe landing and help me with the apartment. He's like, I'll pay for your apartment for a year. And I'm like, okay, that's fantastic. I can get back on my feet. 
Well, his idea of helping me was to have meetings at the house with him to review finances and tax returns and analyze everything. And so I would feel smaller and smaller and smaller every time I was around him. And he's just looking at it going, wow, you let this happen. You let this happen. You are equally responsible with your ex. And I was like, well, kind of, but not really, because he was the steamroller. So it got to the point where he wanted more information that I was willing to give him where I drew the long line was giving him online access to my bank accounts. Cause I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. What are you going to do? Put me on a budget. Tell me how many times I can have a Starbucks. <laughs> it's like, I didn't have any money anyway. So, <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, then he got mad and he's like, well, I'm not going to pay for your apartment. And I was like, wow, that was huge. And I, I, that was one moment where I started taking my power back because I said, no, I am not doing this. I am not doing this. If you choose not to pay my apartment, I will figure it out. And so that began really for me starting to figure my, my life out and know that I could stand on my own two feet. So I was in this nice apartment. It was a nice, big, beautiful, new two-bedroom apartment. And I said, well, I don't need this big two-bedroom apartment. So I, as soon as I could, as soon as the apartment complex would let me, I moved into the smallest two bedroom apartment that I could so that I could start to save money. I didn't have TV. You know, I was like, well, if I can get it off the airwaves, <laughs> I'll watch. <laughs> I didn't care. It's like, that wasn't important to me. You know, I had just a little bit of furniture. I had all the stuff I left in the house, which I shouldn't have left. And I would say that to our listeners, when you leave, take everything you want. Cause you may never get the chance. You again. Never get that. You know, yeah. I, 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 my lawyer, when I went to file, he said, okay, now take half of whatever's in all the joint accounts. And I'm like, half? He goes, yes, because as soon as he knows you're divorcing him, he'll close down the accounts and you will have no money. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to the bank, shaking like a leaf. I was, I couldn't keep myself from crying. And this poor little guy is, you know, opening up a new checking and savings account for me. And you know, and I, I did, I took half cause the lawyer said, and then like five days later, I felt so guilty. I put half of the half back and sure enough, as <laughs> soon as he heard, he, he shut down my access to all our, our accounts, all of them. Yeah. And I didn't have that. Some, oh, well, actually he did cut, cut me off the credit cards and my, my son, he started selling things out of the house uh-huh. and at first it was, oh, well, our youngest needs a new laptop. So I'm going to sell a few things, you know, are you okay with this? This is what I want to sell. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But that was just the beginning. And then he was selling everything. And I was like, hello, that's part of that should be mine. And I couldn't get him to give me a list or even tell me. So I'd go back to the house and start trying. I'm like, well, oh, the tractor's gone. Mm, where'd that go? And the generator's gone and you know, all of this stuff. So we knew after the separation, everything that we wouldn't be able to keep the house and the finances were so bad. Oh, and the other thing is that he was on his latest job, which was he had decided to go into real estate. He actually had a really good job. He was making good money as a, an insurance broker. But when Obamacare happened, he felt like 
it was all going to disappear. So instead of sticking it out, he decided, well, I'm going to become a realtor. And, and that was part of the, the tipping point for me in terms of leaving, because that meant taking courses, a new website, a new car More before you ever, before yeah. you ever have a client had to have a new car. And it was just money, 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 just, just flying out the door. And I was like, I can't take this anymore. So what happened was I had a 401k and I remember this because it was before I decided to leave that was about all the money we had left. And I, it was from when I worked years and years and years ago, I had kept it. That was like my one thing I had. And he sat me down and he said, we're going to have to use it, but, but don't worry. You know, we'll put it back. And I think you have 60 days or something to put it back before you get hit with taxes and penalties. Well, that was never going to happen. I mean, it was like, where is this going to come from to put it back? So I agreed and the money went. And then I, I really thought to myself, this is it. There's nothing left. There's nothing left. I have nothing left except the house, which we're not going to be able to keep anyway. That was a big moment for me when, when that went, because I just was like, mm, what am I hanging? What have I been hanging around for? And it sounds like there were times during the course of your journey that it, you did feel a little broken. I did. So I, I felt and I know really I did broken. Yeah. So how, how do you now, uh, stand in your own empowerment? What, what is, what are a couple of key things for uh, the listeners to hear about how to Get regain there. <laughs> that, your, yeah. your authentic self, regain your spirit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your willingness to live life to the fullest and not feel broken? Yes. And thank you for asking me that. Cause I, I was really broken because we, we ended up with so much of a financial devastation, I got hit with a huge lawsuit. I had that tax bill we were getting hit with. He was being horrible. We lost our house. It went into foreclosure. We, I had to file bankruptcy, which just crushed me. So, so I feel like it was just all of this stuff just knocked me down. And I, boy, if I'd known all that before, I don't know what I have left. I don't know. But when you come out on the other side, then you're like, yeah, it was worth it because, okay. So I was feeling so bad. <laughs> I was so sad. And I, I remember I went to see this woman. She, uh, she, she was an intuitive and she was, she communicated with the angels. And I went to have a reading with her and uh, I'm bawling all the way there because I think I had just found out about the lawsuit or something. And I was like, what are you kidding me? One more thing. My dad's not helping. I'm just a mess. I'm just crying. And she, she gave me an assignment. She said, I want you to take a journal and I want you to fill it up with gratitude statements. I want you to write. And she gave me examples. And I was determined at this point, as miserable as I was, I wanted to feel better. I wanted to feel better. So I was like, I'll do anything if it's going to help me heal and feel better. So that I started with that. And it was, it was hard because honestly, I didn't feel very grateful. So I had to start with basics. Like I'm grateful. I got up this morning. I think I am grateful. (laughs) I have food to eat. I'm a grateful. I have a bed to sleep in, but I found that activity of just every day working on it, working on it, working on it. It expands and expands and it really shifts you. So to go from that negative place into a more positive mindset was really helpful. And, and of course, then more things come to you to be grateful for. And, oh, I had a health issue happen after all, you know, it was just, it was just, everything was just the worst. 
I had some people around me that said, why don't you try meditation? Why don't you try yoga? Why don't you, I started really pursuing my spiritual path, honestly, because that's, those are the places that I would start to feel better. My, my soul would start to heal. I, I found Kundalini yoga and I was obsessed with it because I felt better. Yes. The vibration, because that's all about raising your vibration. It's, it's a very different kind of yoga. I don't know if you've done it, but yes, I, I was like, okay, when I go to Kundalini, I feel better. And I knew that was starting to heal me. I was started to see a Reiki practitioner who was helping me. And I, I started to see an acupuncturist because I was having problems with my liver and he was helping me. So all of these little pieces, but I was determined. I was like, you suggest it, I'll go try it. You give me homework, I will do it. I was just like, I'm going to feel better. And and things began to get better. I hired a business coach who was able to take this mess <laughs> of my business from a financial standpoint. And he we just worked it. We worked it and we'd clear up one thing and then we work on the next thing and we work on the next thing. And and that was the other piece that for me, I had to really car, car uh compartmentalize things. I had to break things down into little tiny baby steps because it was so big. The mess was so big. It's like, okay, what do I have to do today? What is the next step? And just little baby steps, baby steps. But by following those baby steps, you get to the next milestone, honestly. So I was able to completely turn my business around. It took time. I kept it because my dad was like, oh, just get rid of it, close it, go get a job. But part of me was like, oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> what kind of job can I get? <laughs> I don't know what I can do. That was the confidence piece. I had no clue what I could do. And I loved my business and it gave me some confidence. I did, that was my home, my little business. Right, right, right. Taking that power back and being like, I'm doing, I have an accountant, but my own managing my own finances and working with my coach and just consolidating and cleaning up everything. And, and someone said to me once, you know, when you walk in that door at that office, that's yours, that's your place. That's yours. You are the queen of your place. And I don't think I'd ever felt that. I was always Mm -hmm. kind of messed up because. Right. Right. So it's kind of sounds like, uh, you were, (laughs) you were cleaning up the aftermath of a huge tornado. Yeah. But eventually it, it all gets cleared away. And it almost sounds to me, uh, Jennifer, that, that getting all the financial stuff and ha- leaving the marriage with basically nothing mm-hmm. was actually in some ways a service to you because any, any I know this is true for me. I took, I took my furniture, right? Mm-hmm. I've gotten rid of almost all that furniture because the energy it holds, the memories it evokes is not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. And so almost like being financially devastated, like you said, in the long run might've been a good thing because then everything you have from that moment forward is, is yours. It right. is your office. It is your business. And this is important for people that are listening. It, it, like, Je- like Jennifer said, it's, it's the little baby steps to clear the devastation and then little baby steps to build your inner worth, your inner esteem, and then little baby steps to live your life the way you always wanted 
when you never had the opportunity. And, and there's so many people out there. I would imagine men too, but mostly women we've mm-hmm. been subjected to and, uh, and, and, and to, to set your sights high enough so you can achieve, but not so high that it, you continue to batter yourself because you're not achieving. Right. Yes. Yes. And yeah, it's, it's like the Phoenix rising is from the ashes you know, that the ash, cause I, there was no child support. There was no alimony. He, cause he had just started this new real estate job. Mm-hmm, he was making mm-hmm. nothing. I end up with nothing, literally nothing except whatever I took out of the house. But all along, I really was ultimately protected because I, I, but I took action. I took action. So it was the bigger apartment that I was like, okay, I'm going to a smaller appointment apartment. What else can I get rid of? What else can I simplify? And a little bit of a funny story. A choice that I made was that tax debt from the 401k. Uh, we fought over that for, we were, we just couldn't move forward. On, I couldn't get the divorce. I wanted to get the divorce done. And it, it had to be a year because my son was still a minor. And in Virginia, you have to, it has to be a year. So finally, when the year was up, I'm like, okay, can we, you know, be done? And I think just out of spite, he didn't want to sign off on it, not because he wanted to get back together or anything. And so finally, my leverage was, I said, look, you're not innocent, but I'll pay that tax bill in order for you to sign. So if you will sign, I'll take it. And that's what we did. And I just got on a payment plan with the IRS, again, chunked it down, little chunks, and just worked my way through it. And now when I look at my life, you know, I I really have enjoyed, I've enjoyed so much getting to know myself. And I remember the first night sleeping alone in that apartment was kind of like, okay, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> because like you, you know, you live with someone for so long and you have kids around you. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is really different. But I took my cat with me. So he was my buddy. My yep. Companion. I remember the first night I slept on my ex-husband's side of the bed. It was like <sighs> claiming the whole, yeah. this is my bed now, my yeah. bed. Yeah. You know, and it was weird, but th- there's lots of, um, I so appreciate you sharing this story because I think lots of people can, well, if, if you're going through this, if you're in an unhealthy, unhappy marriage, uh, and, and, and something's triggering you, if you, as you're listening to this, I, I really invite you to do like what Jennifer did finally did and take action and, and take action when you see it. Okay. So here's what I want to say about that. In my experience, I, I stayed too long because, um, I stopped listening to my intuition mm-hmm. from the first year. And then I listened to all the, um, untruths that my husband was telling me and then demanding of me and, and all of this. And, and so I, I got myself so confused that I, I never, it it took me a very, very long time before I could listen to my intuitive. And so what I want everybody to know is when, if you're in an unhappy situation, that's not a natural way to live life. Yeah. The infinite presence of source energy does not want us to be unhappy. So if you're in an unhappy situation, it's time to take stock, to 
to see what is making you unhappy. And if it's your spouse, you know, yeah, attempt therapy. If it doesn't work, then begin to see, is this really what I need to do? Do I need to stay or do I need to go? And then have the courage to make the choice. Shaking and fumbling and feeling like you got to watch your back. You, it Just have the courage to make the choice. And if you need other people around you to help you, it's important to gather those friends or family if they're willing to help you. Because getting out of an unhealthy, mentally, emotionally, and sometimes physically abusive relationship, you need to have some people there to help you. That's such a good point, because I think I let myself be in so much isolation. If I had been willing to reach out a little bit more earlier, like you, I, I stayed way too long. But once I started the therapy, once I met with that divorce coach, those were the things that started to help me move forward because it's overwhelming and it's huge. So just again, little baby steps. Well, and, and I, I don't know about you, Jennifer, but when I entered into my marriage, I thought it was forever. Oh, of course. You know, and I thought we were soulmates. Of course too. I think we had it in our wedding bands. Soulmates right. forever. <laughs> right. Something house. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's not to say that we weren't, you know, because there's, there is a higher, uh, there is, there is such a thing as soul groups and we incarnate together to help each other learn lessons. Right. I just really want to undo those lessons, you know, or undo, why did it have to be that? But the other side of it is what, and this is true for everybody that's listening. Once you make the choice to live your life, not somebody else's, not your parents, not your spouse, not your children, but your life, then the universe does move forward to support. And Mm -hmm. even if it looks like, like what you had to go through, Jennifer, moving into a large apartment, then downsizing to a smaller apartment, even if it looks like that, you're still, that's still forward motion. That's Mm -hmm. still moving out of the unhappy experience and moving into your it's a claiming of this is my space. This is my bed. Now this is my, you know, whatever. And it's so important for people to uh, recognize that we're here to be happy. Mm -hmm. We're here to experience freedom as happiness and freedom as creative self-expression and freedom as love and not being fearful or angry or, um, or devastated and, and constantly being at the effect of a, a, a steamroller who's, who's just, you know, doesn't see what the path of destruction is that they leave. You know, I, I mean, yeah. And for me, it was learning, learning about money all over again. Mm-hmm. And learning how to be in charge of my own money and my own spending. And I don't need a lot. I don't need a lot. I needed enough. I need enough to pay my bills and be comfortable. And I am. And my business supports me. But I was so scared of all of that. Right. Because and I know I, that's true for many women. I have, I have a couple of clients that are like, I don't know where the money is. I don't mm-hmm. know how to, 
I, he always did the money or he, you know, and, um, and a couple of my clients have become stronger because they understand. And then the universe, <laughs> this, I had this one client, I adore her. Um, she was like, I never handled my own money. So she had to learn how to pay her own bills again and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And then she had to handle uh, her mom's money and work with her mom's lawyer and accountant and then pay her mom's taxes, you know? And she's like, I don't want to do any of this, but it, so it's almost like the universe is like, let's just build that muscle, build the muscle, build the muscle. And, you know, and, and that's part of, it's actually part of self-care. Yes. Taking care of yourself. And the other huge piece of it, well, peace, having peace, when you don't realize how miserable you are. And then it was like, wow, I decide what I want to do, when I want to do it, where I want to go, who I want to be with. And it was just like, wow. So I'm not into angry things and, and yelling and fighting. I have a partner now and we have a very nice relationship. And, but I was like, I'm not, I'm never going back to that. That well, it was it's so amazing. toxic. Right. It's amazing how that toxicity, I, I, you know, you know, you were talking about your dad always having you under his thumb and then your, your husband, we don't realize the only way we, we can self, we can express is through yelling and screaming, yes. you know? And I remember when I got out, <laughs> sounds like I got out of jail when I got out. <laughs> well, it is. It's like prison. <laughs> um, my son would say to me, you were so angry. You got, you were always yelling. And, and it was me because his father, you know, would just stand there, you know, he would push the buttons. And then I was a screaming banshee, <laughs> snot nosed, you know, and my yeah. son's watching this. You were so, you were always so angry and, and now you're not. And I'm like, yeah, because he was making me nuts. And, yeah. and I'm not nuts. And to find that I can have calm, rational conversations, express my opinion and not have to yell to be heard or seen is, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely new way of being. So it, if anybody, if you're in a marriage and you're yelling and screaming, that's another red flag. Mm-hmm. It's just another red. It's not that you just have disagreements. No, 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 no. It's Take a look. And, and again, going back to courage, you're strong enough. I'm telling everybody you're strong enough. Trust your gut, trust your intuition and trust that you are a capable person and you can take care of yourself. So anyway, Jennifer, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, and welcome. Um, her podcast is Unbreakable Spirit, mm-hmm. and you have a book called Unbreakable Spirit. Yes. And the podcast is all about stories of women who, like Susan, like me, like many of you out there, have been through some tough times, difficult obstacles, but have found a way to get to the other side. So for me, sharing those stories just helps people because you never know which story or what aspect of it is going to help someone move forward. And they're, they're really amazing. So many amazing women with amazing stories. I, I have stories of divorce and stories of financial problems and health issues and people struggling with cancer. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. 
these women are amazing. You are amazing. Everyone is amazing. (laughs) And it's good to know we're not alone, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And one little message that just you might hear that helps you move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jennifer seven. I appreciate it. And, um, the unbreak unbreakable spirit podcast, find it on all platforms, right? Spotify. So I'm just going to end today with, and so it is namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did go to susanborrell.com, you can see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanborell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.